0: So uh, 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 how do you like to be uh, if somebody had to introduce you? How would you prefer? I I, uh, I find it that I really don't like to, to introduce myself. People call me when they want me to uh, go to events or something and they'll say, uh, how do I want to? what do I want them to say about me? And I said, I've come to find out people say better things about me than I say about myself, good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, mm-hmm. so I kind of, uh, leave it to uh, others to decide how they wish to uh, present me to the world if you please
1: well I mean for me my life has been you know civil and human rights um, good morning uh, civil human and political rights actually and mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much whenever I travel I go places they always introduce me as civil rights um, um, and that introduction is, is pleasing. Then there's some in mean, Jersey different places they introduced me as Doctor Bay. Uh, oh, Doctor Bay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I I guess hard
0: knocks in life gives you that. Well, you know, yeah Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Some of us some folk went to the school of they got a PhD in in, in uh, uh, you know
1: a lot of different disciplines yeah, with the yeah. alphabets on yeah, the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Thugism. Some people will say, you know, Dr. Dre he said, "I got a PhD in Thugonomics," you know. See. And then John Cena from WWE picked that up and kind of went with it, but that was a whole other concept. Well,
1: that he called us just concerned citizens or agitators. You know, back in the day, they used to call us agitators. Uh huh. Um, and um, um, but in in retrospect, I like to think of myself as being in that hall of abolitionists um who push as agents of real change
0: we're talking abolitionists Abso-
1: absolutely people
0: like uh harriet tubman and frederick Douglass, yeah.
1: you know and others you know we could look at, at, at bob marley um, also as an abolitionist one who challenged the whole setup of the political systems that excluded folk all over the world that were different than them um, but yeah, I I, I, uh, I think I think about all the time, you know, being an American and what that means in terms of advancement of civil and human rights. Um, I like Frederick
0: Douglass partially because uh, uh, Carter G. Woodson uh, paints the picture that uh, for the uh, what was then known as Negro History Week because it fell between Abraham Lincoln, who was the great emancipator, if you will, and Frederick Douglass, who was, as you call it, the great abolitionist. And so those two birthdays are coincided. So that's where you get at least in Carter G. Woodson, Dr. Carter G. Woodson, excuse me, Birdman mm-hmm. told me, put respect on people's name. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Carter G. Woodson uh, came up with that reality. So I, I, I like- uh, Is Birdman a name? You never heard of Birdman?
1: Yeah, I've heard, but I'm saying, is that a name? Is that his name? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just <laughs>
0: teasing <laughs> te- All I know he went on uh yeah, yeah, he went on Charlemagne's yeah, show. Yeah Charlemagne show, and, yeah. And he talked about putting some respect on my name. I thought it was the funniest interview I've ever seen in my life. It was like 10, 15 years ago and I just Yeah every time I, I go to butcher somebody's name, I say, excuse me, put some respect on their name. You know Yeah, so, Yeah. That,
1: yeah.
0: But, but I like uh I like Frederick Douglass. But I
1: like the way you framed that in terms of Negro black history because one of the things that many of these pioneers, these African pioneers, realize is that um, Negro never really referred to us. It was, it was a, a white man. They say so-called white man who favored the union. It was more of, of our African roots because, you know, their viewpoints then were they felt that the system Yet it has some challenges like Frederick Douglass that the system overall could work for everyone. And did he did he change that view? Because he began to realize that that stereotype discriminatory system could never really benefit anyone. And of course, that transition or conversion. Led him to see that we had to turn down these systems.
0: Are we talk about Douglas now. Yes. Okay.
1: That we had to turn down these systems and these systems of colonialism and segregation, discrimination. Much like now, even though we've made a lot of advancements and inroads, um, we still see uh, 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 our people of African descent. Uh, still marginalized and mistreated, no matter how much we excel uh in America, just like when you was talking about uh, the rap artist um, A.K.A. say bird man god didn 't make a bird man a superman or a batman; he made man, and so when we want to put respect on our name or respect on us as a people, then we shouldn't identify ourselves or call ourselves outside of what we were created to be, man and woman. Hmm. And I think it, it, this is why in America, for an example, we can achieve the highest levels, we can get all the PhDs and we can, you know, uh, master all the disciplines, even the English language. It still comes down to who decides whether you are that important that we give any kind of credence or attention to. Hmm. Give you an example. You have a congresswoman who has been threatened because she's outspoken. They call these progressive women uh, who bring to the forefront the squad, right? Mm-hmm. And when you think about how these women are being stereotyped and defined because they simply are, are, are barrier breakers in terms of not only women's rights but equality in terms of looking at genocide and around the world and how people are being marginalized in the Middle East and other parts of the world. Oh, they're the squad. My point is she's being attacked because she's had to hire security because she doesn't have the million, millions and millions of dollars portfolio and purse strings to protect herself and then you get bigots come out and say, well, you shouldn't She's be so loud. Yes, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be so loud. You should be quiet. This is what they say about us, our counterparts, when we feel that we have as much right at and seat at the table or input in the overall plan
0: in terms of how people are treated. So you, you, you uh, I... I asked was that a national figure because, you know, most of us live under rocks. Uh, you have the privilege of hanging out in the current space. You you live there. I live mostly in history books. I don't really dive into the current space. I don't uh, deal mostly into a struggle until the struggle has concluded in some instances, unless it's a struggle that I have been injected into for whatever reason. So I I have no full understanding of... A congressman or woman, for that matter. I do know about the Nancy Pelosi issue because that was headline news. You almost have to be dead to miss that. Uh, but when you when you make mention of of a lot of these uh, different stories and narratives, uh, I, I recall of a of a conversation I had with a gentleman that I know over in Norfolk. He uh, hosted the Martin Luther King event that we did. Uh, some time ago and he's from south africa and he constantly tells the story of some uh, of an event there was a big protest in south africa during the time that nelson mandela was in his struggles and uh, i don't want to go over to that because that's a whole other conversation but the moral of the story was uh... that this young person kind of walked off the stage because they were trying to get her out she was a major athlete a national figure in the south african area And he says the lady would walk off and she would scream, who is Nelson Mandela? This is during the height of his struggle. Nobody knew or this particular person did not know who he was. And so I say that because uh, when people talk about struggles and different things, I uh, caution, at least in my wife, me and my wife had this debate seriously, the other night when I I told her that uh some of us are privileged and had the privilege to not know what's going on well that's absolutely right but but
1: that's because of a lot of interplays in the overall scheme of things for an example you know when you live in Gil Scott Aaron he talks about living in the ghetto um um or his old man in the bottle we're talking about different struggles on different levels some people are not in, in, in various spaces because they're inundated with work and the idea of survival. And they're, they're, we talk about the disconnect all the time, right? But what happens is if it's not a priority to you, then it's not relevant. For an example, we work every day and we struggle every day to pay the brunt of the weight of America's economic power engine, whether it's through taxes or whatever it may be, and the very people who are adversely impacted like us by policies that do not favor us, they favor the wealthy. We're not concerned with it. We're like, well, I'm just, it's just bread and butter. It's kitchen table issues. And you hear this a lot politically say, well, it's kitchen table issues, it's the price of eggs and milk. Yes, a lot of that too. But what it is, is we're paying uh, people salaries and put their butts in chairs who profess to represent us, whether we're connected or not, whether we're in that space or not, is what they do in our name. And, and this is what I like to speak to the young people and to our people. We can no longer be passive in the situation because it's all interconnected. If policies run awry and they keep folk where they can't even earn livable wages to pay rent somewhere, they can't afford to take care of their families. They can't afford health care. Think about even with, with the Affordable Care Act that pre- President Obama was, was, was uh, uh, so artfully e- e- and equipped to bring this about to America. We still got whole households, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, um, that are uninsured. Uh, no insurance we have people working right now husbands and wives one doesn't have insurance one does both doesn't have insurance in many cases uh, in America so how can we be so disconnected where people are working and it's survival so we're not in these various spaces but we don't have insurance or or assurance
0: well one question there was a lady who called me the other day we were talking about some issues and she brought up that issue of of, of healthcare. She doesn't have it. She will not pay for it. And there's a so I, I don't I as uh, someone would say I don't want to split hairs on that uh, because but what I do want to split hairs on is how do you uh, connect? Because as I was getting back to my point that I made earlier, that when I started in this activism world, I don't like to say that I do that, but uh, I'd rather call it an advocate than an activist, but that's just my perspective or my personal preference. Um, I went and sat down with my grandmother and my uncle. And the reason why I said, I go back to that Nelson Mandela story, is because uh, my grandmother and my uncle at 26, actually was more like 30, sat down and told me what they didn't tell me. So th- th- there, there was a lot of things societally and socially and and uh, civil rights worthiness, if you will. My great grandfather, who you know very well, mm-hmm. Thomas Welch, yes. was a severe activist in the community of African American issues
1: they were my inspiration he but we were
0: not allowed to be a part of that
1: well yeah, some of us I mean he encouraged me of the need to take our own periodicals Jet Magazine Ebony the new journaling guide or the journaling guide at that
0: time right but yeah and he but he did that for you well but yeah. his family yeah. was not allowed right to be a part of that
1: yeah so so and I guess that came through my mother because of their close relationship my mother's socialite and I've watched what they did And it always inspired me because I never saw them take the white newspaper. I took both. I was a master corner boy taking the white press. Right. So I'm just saying, yes, we were we were not so privileged to that. Or some of us were insulated from that
0: or protected from that or just simply was not allowed. We were not allowed to be a part of that. Right. So I I did the, the magazines with him. Mm-hmm. was in various rooms with him. Yeah. And my my the, the uh I remember uh uh Connie's barber shop. She used to be up there on mm-hmm. uh right there, Woolworths used to be up yeah. there before they tore all that stuff down. Right. Uh I would go in there and, and do my, my work. Yes. And and she told me one day, she said, we like having you around because you see nothing, you hear nothing. You like the Schultz of, of, of the race. You like somebody say to you, what's happening? I don't know nothing. I don't, don't see nothing. I don't, don't hear know. nothing.
1: But we were a sponge.
0: Well. We could it, absorb. Well, it, to me, in that regard, I wasn't even that because I wasn't paying attention. You're right. But in our subconscious, it
1: happens whether we know it or not. And as we grow and evolve, we find ourselves drawn in areas uh, that we would seem to have no interest
0: in otherwise there 's a reason for that, you know, well, I wanted to be a preacher and 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 that was that was my old my whole focus in life uh i i I did not aspire again i I knew nothing about what my we called him papa, I knew nothing about what he did. I was in rooms with him, had no idea what was going on still mm-hmm. to this day couldn 't tell you what happened in those rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, are instances where I hear you talk, and you will say something, and I go, "Huh? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that." Yes. I have no idea what was happening. Yeah. Like I said, Miss Miss uh, M- uh, Miss Connie, she used to a uh, Constance, not not mm-hmm. Connie uh, Hortense. Yes. Uh. She uh uh had the barbershop, shop, and she had all the pictures on the wall of. Dr. Murray mm-hmm. was on there. Dr. Murray, Robert G. Murray, who mm-hmm. used to be the pastor over there first Baptist church, told me he was going to make me a deacon at nine. Mm-hmm. And 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 they would love to bring me around because mm-hmm. I was Schultz, mm-hmm. Sergeant Schultz, you know, from mm-hmm. Hogan's Heroes. Mm-hmm. I see nothing. Mm-hmm. I hear nothing. Mm-hmm. I know nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so what I was trying to say is that I think that sometimes we get, as a current generation, bullied and I I don't know if that's a word but I have more grace for younger people because I for a fact know that there was a lot of things about the struggle that my grandmother did not want me to know and there was a reason
1: for that um sometimes uh... it visited us and it seems almost accidental but and it goes back to what i call words salad or food salad or word play like when we say advocacy we think about those as organizations and groups that advance certain policies those of us in the civil rights movement like mandela who was a civil rights lawyer um what makes us civil rights activists because now we have the stereotype from our other counterparts our, our caucasian brothers that really resent activism and then we have people in our communities who resent the term activist let me explain to you why why this ignorance we have to put the light on it uh dr Gay, one of my mentors often said to me when he was one of the first ones that says yeah yeah you you involved in civil rights now you civil rights activists and i'm like well how do i explain that what does that mean how do i define that And he says listen when folk ask you How do you become a civil rights activist? What makes you a civil rights activist? You say this, I'm civil and I'm active, okay? And so we, uh, those of us who understand that and civil disobedience, you know, Dr. King was even looked at as being passive. He knew how to be passive, but he was very direct in terms we can't wait, we're not gonna wait, we've waited long enough. And remember now when Dr. King emerged as a very young man he 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 also much like you he saw the youth and so they asked him the question are oh, we using children now in the struggle well we were all babes in the struggle in terms of being confronted with how do we deal with you know folk uh, threatening you and bullying you and uh, excluding you and marginalizing you how do you deal with that how do you rationalize or reason with people where there is no
0: reason right well so I I grew up in the 90s, and I went to Bowling Park Elementary School. You know, I was a supervisor. If there's one thing that Dr. Herman Clark did well, yes. we didn't know that existed.
1: No, we didn't. He was very brilliant in terms of understanding what we called then classical education, reading, well, writing, and arithmetic.
0: Well, so yeah. so so you're dealing with a generation of people that... And I take hats off to people like grandmother, my, my grandmother, and my uncle in particular. I, I I I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I can't figure out how to make it too And I even talked to Doctor Clark sometime, and I said I don't know if you did me good service or injustice. And he said, What do you mean? Because he did a masterful job of making sure we didn't know. And so when I would hear you come out and say, This is a problem. It is automatically dejected mm-hmm. because you're talking 20 years of my life and nobody told me mm-hmm. that we had a problem mm-hmm. so now you're telling me that i have a problem i like, no, you lying to me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i don't have a problem mm-hmm. and so i think that it's it's something to when we I, I i'm on this journey of talking about social disconnect yes and i think one of the the major impacts of social disconnect is uh as as paul said in in first timothy chapter one verse 13 he says uh i did a lot of things because i didn't know i wasn't supposed to do that mm-hmm. so i i like to give people at least in my generation a serious pass. well you know and
1: and i can understand that um but we take in the movement. Nobody's given a pass. They just were protected, and and so having said that, one of my mentors, Dr. Joe Rose, used to always says, "All questions are difficult." And so um, when we were sheltered, there there are people who went away to college, uh people who were able to graduate through high school. Uh, People who were able to achieve something they never were in the movement. They never but their family members like you mentioned your grandpapa and others who were very active uh, and and involved in many different movements socialites and organizations and uh, trying to bring some economic power. Yes, that's what they were focusing on economic power to
0: take care of my family. But even he worked hard to make sure I didn't do that exactly
1: uh, absolutely and and it wasn't so much that they wanted to shield us from the impact because understand that you know that's a man there but he's got to walk through the back door to take care of his family that's a man there but he can't live in a community where his money would afford him to live but he's a man he's a human being and so their pains and their struggles in trying to protect us in many respects We fail to pass off the torch or the mantle, if you will, of the movement of the civil rights movement. So we would have more people uh, exposed, more young people engaged. Well, now now the question becomes now. okay, in retrospect, we look back. Now, what are we going to do now? Because now we're in a new century. We can talk about 20, 30 years ago or whatever uh in terms of reflection but now i the reason i reach to young people now and i call forth the women young women and young men today is because i say to them listen we can't make an excuse about yesterday we only have today and this is your century not a generation this is a new century well so so
0: when you when you uh that means this is your time now so again i go back because we're talking about social disconnects and now uh uh, I grew up in 1984. Fine, but right and, now, wait, 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 wait a minute. So I grew up in 1984, and from 1984 until 2024, the only problem I had was what somebody told me I had. See, so, so when you look at it from a perspective, if I didn't know you, my life would be fine. See, and there's a lot of young people that I know personally. Yeah. That if you don't tell them right. that there's a problem, right. there is no problem because their parents and maybe it's an injustice. Like I said, I talked to Dr. Clark and told him firsthand, I don't know if you did me a good job or an injustice.
1: And, and I respect what you're saying and I can relate to that, but understand I got a son your age, the exact age. And so the difference was all my, my children were, were in the movement with me as little toddlers. They they used to have little <laughs> Bill billboards. I look, they probably resent me today for it. Uh, but I think it, it served them some good because I wanted them to understand that, okay, while I was so blessed to have working parents and we did OK. We didn't know we poor. I grew up in two project housing developments where my mother was active. My grandfather was active. My grandmother was active. And, you know, my mother, and your grandfather were very close in terms of things they did. People didn't even know, like you talk about Easter Star now. They were pioneers of that
0: mm-hmm. Not white
1: women in Richmond who run the organization now. So so, you know, yeah, you're right. When people say now, OK, well, you got a problem, something I didn't even know exists. That goes back to, like, many people who went to college and went on into their careers and reared their families never were in the movement. Listen, I was so glad to see, for an example, Al Shopton come in the movement. I was in the movement before Al Shopton. Hmm. okay? When they was running around eating pork and can on and some other things, and like we all did back then, I was being, I was being groomed in the movement. So, and, and watch this now. His mentor, James Brown, was also best friends with my mother when you used to come here and they used to, to perform in the arena theater in north of Virginia. We couldn't live in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the hotel, couldn't stay in the hotel. Now I said this to say for a reason because when we came along young and at my age, those of us who were being groomed in the movement, those who were older than us were very hostile to us because we were sponge. We, could, we, were, we were inquisitive. We, we could absorb the information and we could think quick and respond quick. Well, they were trying to figure out What's wrong with these young people? You know, why are they so such agitators, right? And they would try to tell us, look, don't, don't go down there demonstrating at that Walmart. Don't go down there and, and do these things. Look, this is the way you got to do it. They get in the church and then they preach. Well,
0: well you get to preaching now and this thing going to blow somebody's ears. Okay, okay wa- watch this baby. now. So, yeah.
1: so now what happened was, and I say this to all these guys who are now that I'm glad to see have some national prominence. I'm glad to see have some attention to them. This is what I say to them. You hid behind the church. The church was the earlier movement of civil rights. The Mm -hmm. preacher did not say, I'm just about the things of the Lord, and and we we don't delve into that injustice and Mm -hmm. discrimination. Mm -hmm. All of this came through the ministry. Now, today, they run around and they say they preachers with these titles, but they're silent. And young people don't want to hear what they got to say because they're looking at what you do. Not just what you say. Right. So at the end of the day, the reason that there's this big social disconnect, because now young people are watching those that preceded us in front of us and they see them only chasing money they hear them speak about a lot of significant issues that have social ramifications and, you know, domestic ramifications and local ramifications that impact communities. So why don't you just put people in churches and put them out? Well, the, prob- the, the, the problem, the problem with, with that whole process is you have to have a spiritual foundation, but I tell them Jesus overturned the tables and ran them out of the temple as money changers.
0: So you look, at, you look at somebody like Macbeth. Who I happen to uh, find, uh, you know, very interesting, Macbeth. Um, you you look at him, and he came in the '90s, and uh, good, bad, or indifferent people can can definitely uh, paint their picture about how they feel about him. But when when he rolled in, all the big boys emptied out. Well, and so the the thing that because I had a couple of mentors who told me to go there and I had one conversation with him, and, and, and I understood what his theme was, but the moral was that he came in and decided that we wanted to do something different. And so he did it. And, uh, again, what Courtney did or Macbeth, uh, did Bishop Macbeth, uh, did from my understanding of following his ministry was, uh, again, he took the people, because I, I go back to what I said earlier, and, and I reiterate on that, you know, I, I, I respect people's viewpoint, but uh, the first time that I understood, like I go back and I tell you what I, when me and Dr. Clock said, I don't know if you did me a good service or injustice, because when I understood the real plight of the black man, it was very it was culture shocking.
1: Yes, I imagine so.
0: Because you're talking to a young man who's, uh, uh, if 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 my grand great grandfather did go into the the back door, I never knew it, because we always went in the front door. Yeah. My grandmother mm-hmm. likes to go into the back door mm-hmm. because she said that she get tired of cleaning the front of the house my great-grandfather won't go on the no front door he never went the front door in all the 40 years well, uh, he's been dead now uh, since i was god whatever that was 95 so my aunt who was uh over at norfolk community dr alice welch came in the door one day and she would say something to me and i was doing something and she says i pay a lot of money for you not to live like that yeah and and so and so even like
1: on court and a lot of people didn't know um you know i respect these uh, him as a very successful businessman that didn't have to make his money on the back of the church, a noted author, writer, um, a lot of things people didn't know about this man when he came to the equation here in Norfolk and decided, I'm gonna do some things like get some strip malls and we're gonna start expanding some opportunities for our people. I remember when they had a Little Farmer's Market on Little Creek Road there, um, way before your time there, but it was doing your time as you was growing up, and um, the city, they needed to expand. They needed a bigger building. Where the building he's in now used to be Brand Distributors, uh, Diamond Building there on Poplar Hall Road, and I was going to get that building uh, through the NAACP president, uh, uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Uh, Watson, uh, Bethlehem Baptist Church, and I said to him, I said, well, I want this building. And he said, good morning. And he said, uh, we went over, we looked at the building. And I said, look at that parking lot over there uh, where the mall is. I said, that's guy's transfer system. He said, wow. And we would stand there, we put our hands on the building, true story, on the glass. I said, come on, let's pray. God going to give us this, this, this building. We're going to call it Hedge and Highway Ministry. That was before Macbeth got there because the city was refusing to allow them to, to remove. So we're praying on the building. The glass got hot. He stepped back and said, what of man? are you? I said, man, I'm believing God for this. I said, if I don't have this, this is God's building. Well, moral of the story, uh, Macbeth and him were gathering at city council. This is documented in office." And I happened to come back in town, had a powder white suit on, went to city council and told them, y'all gonna give this church that building. You're not gonna continue to exclude these African-Americans. They have every right, they can afford it. They wanna bring some good to the city. And so we had to move the hall across the street into the Sheraton over there uh, where we had to have the larger meeting because city council couldn't handle the volume of people. And they could no longer stay impacted on Little Creek Road over there. And uh, so every time I see Courtney, I roll up on him when I do see him in town. And he, this is how he wears jeans—you can't see it—but they always cuffed up like this. If you ever seen him this way, you know I'm not lying. They would be cuffed up like that, old school. Have his little cap on and some jeans and a sport coat. That's when he ain't. That's when he ain't dressed up preaching. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but my point is, I challenge the city to tell them
0: have D- up mean when you roll your you, you you roll up, legs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old legs. cuffs. Don't yeah. tell
1: Courtney I said. I hope he heard it. But, yeah, but Courtney
0: yeah. Courtin wears his pants. This is old school
1: stuff, man. Back when we used to wear floating That's yeah, how Courtin. Yeah, yeah. That's you, how Courtin wears jeans. the bottom
0: of the pants and roll them up that's like that. That's how wears jeans, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you had to see it because <laughs> you talk, you're talking. you talking. you <laughs> talking audio. Don't, I, I got to get it because nobody, <laughs> nobody know what you're talking <laughs> about over there. I knew you was going to do it. I knew you was going to do it. I it. See, see that's this. See, that. See, see. <laughs> yeah, that telling somebody <laughs> something like that, like somebody can that's hear Yeah, that. that's how went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you see him on a Saturday. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I'ma I love the
0: deal, brother. I'm going to have to put that on the Instagram. Look, man. I love
1: the deal, brother. And uh, so what I expired was, you know, as a young man and watching where we would try to get little uh, in strip malls and get little businesses, whether it was printing t shirts or whatever we want to do, uh, we were always denied. And so that was one of the areas where I injected myself. In the conversation and said these african americans this pastor this church are entitled to this building and told the city you're gonna give them this building mm-hmm. well short story now that's calvary revival church mm-hmm. okay so and then courtney was one of the first ones that allowed me to have my car air fresheners scripture paper air fresheners in his gift shop at mm-hmm. many churches you know you should be right there along piccadilly's all uh-huh, that uh-huh. and then they got used to be the agency um, retail merchants, that used to regulate our credit That's the office next to the church
0: uh-huh.
1: Right, and that's the history of that whole structure there right. but, but my point is You know, when They were able to set in front of us That you can do this too, you can do what? All the churches just kept their little hole in the wall Little building, or their little church that they didn't own They still renting And here's a young, vibrant man of God who had big vision, mm-hmm. bought buildings, mm-hmm. showed us that
0: you could do it too. Mm-hmm. You could have a business, you could be successful, you could perhaps so uh, write like, a book. So again, you're talking to a man who I don't know did a service or an injustice.
1: Well, Because, I, wait a yeah.
0: minute I say that, because even he never told you that you couldn't. Well, here's, my, so, here,
1: here's my point, the moral of that story is I often come to a conversation or equation even when i meet people like malcolm used to say they talk about me but they never had a conversation with me so what i what i've learned to do in life is i may have an opinion but i want to know what you think i want i want to know what how you do this or why you do this right and so i've had direct conversations with these individuals because at the end of the day i know people from the outside looking in or have a view don't even understand the substance. What's going on there? I say at the right, time. Right, they don't. No, so, so and, and and because for reasons, because for reasons, because a lot of times, uh, people are not interested or uninterested. Even if you want to tell them, they're just not
0: interested. Well, there ain't I, everybody now? Again, I, I I hang my hat on it, and I will mm-hmm. I will hang on to my till mm-hmm. I die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I asked my grandmother and my aunt, Doctor Alice well, Yeah why you didn't tell me. And mm-hmm. she said I didn't want you to know.
1: And they that was a, that was a culture area that they had. They wanted they felt they were protecting you.
0: And and so the thing that the thing that I say and and, and we will will uh we, we want to kind of keep these in sections here mm-hmm. what we what we talking about but Yeah. Um uh I I I I I hear what you are saying. Mhm. Uh, but I go back to the scripture I base everything I do on the Bible I I believe that that, that's 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 just my my book board if you will it's my great self self self-help book Mm -hmm. Uh, and when brother Paul said in that that first section of Timothy when he said uh, you give grace to people God gave grace to me Mm -hmm. because I didn't no well, and that 's why it says
1: the other corresponding scripture says, do well, according to knowledge now when you when you stop and you think back to that point you made uh this social disconnect uh, i you remember I said that was then, and this is now when i 'm talking to be it politicians or very successful people in their right financially or how they 've raised their families or you know what they 've accomplished, I often share with them on this wise we had our day many are still trying to be that star and sadly to say what I say to them that's why I made the point that we can't be passive now that was then and this is now so on reflection I call on young people now to say to them listen this is your century
0: and that means this is your turn So what do you say to the young people who are saying, I'm doing what I live. I'm living my life the way I want to. And I would
1: say to them, you know, continue to do that. If if that's where your space is, continue to do that. But there are some young people out there Mm -hmm. that will become activated because they've been waiting to hear the message. It's almost like permission. Right. Mm -hmm. They they are looking at the situation and they know that they are supposed to be doing something. Right. And. But nobody's saying, yeah, you're supposed to be doing something. Uh-huh. I'm saying to them, this is your century. This is your moment. Uh-huh. And it's like a fish when you take him out of the water, right? Uh-huh. Can't walk, can't talk, can't uh-huh. breathe out the water. You just look, what a dumb thing. And then you kick him over there back in the water. And what happens? His genius comes alive. Uh-huh. He emerged, right? right? And so because he's in his element, right? When I'm saying to young people now, this is your century. I'm saying this is your element. This is where you're going to soar. This is where you're going to have the greatest impact on America and the world that it has yet to behold. And so we have to encourage young people now. Don't blame it on Uncle Joe and nobody else. Now, sure, for reflection. That is. But now the question becomes, what are you going to do because this is your century? And do you know the response I get from the old schools when they, I say that to them? They look at me like, you know, but the generation, I'm like, we ain't in a generation no more.
0: Mm.
1: We're in a new century. The generation is gone.
0: I I, uh, I, I look at some, and I'm a, uh, well, uh, yeah. kind of, I don't want to. I, I've come to the conclusion that I, I, I know people that I deal with, and people who listen to me. I have to go over a certain amount of time; they ain't listening no more. Right. And so uh, I, I try to be cognizant of, of, of that. Yeah. But um, and uh, but uh, I will say that I know some. Yeah. And I know uh when i When I first started, I went from a person who believed anything was possible to a person who believed nothing was possible to a person who believed that everybody could do what they believed they could do and i I have become confident in in that factor uh my my brother, my baby brother, he looked at me one day and they had just burned down Charlottesville. Mhm They had just beat somebody up in Portsmouth,, mm-hmm. and all of these things that had happened mm, mm-hmm. and yet we had an event at my home, yeah, and he came over uh two of my best friends came over, and we were all kids. who never thought we'd got out of high school. Mm-hmm. We were all kids who were certain we wouldn't go to college, yeah. And now, all of us got our own homes, mm-hmm. got our own wives, mm-hmm. got our own careers. Yeah. And so, despite the tragedies that are—and this is what my grandmother said in in that text—she said, despite all the hell that has broke loose around you. Mm-hmm look at what God did
1: for you. Well, that's called inheritance. And so when we look at now where young people, let's, let's say the young people who, and I was talking to my older brother about this the other day, I say the sad dilemma now is when we try to define family, um, there's such a dysfunction and breakdown in our family structure now, we don't know people in the neighborhood we at next door. We didn't grow up with them. We, we you know, there was once a time, Miss Marley would say, boy, what you doing there? Get your butt home. She knew you were in that neighborhood. That was the Umar, that was the community. Now we're so fragmented and disjointed. And many of our, of our, of our elders have passed on. And so there's this break like when i grew up for an example we used to have family reunions we knew who our cousins were we knew, I don't like my cousins. you know we knew who our family was i i had i had grandparents that made it a point that you're going to know who your family is because we need y'all to help each other and that's what i tell my i told all my kids y'all gonna help each other because now we're at this point now like i say we've lost many loved ones some of us have lost our entire families Mm -hmm. and don't even know our cousins Mm -hmm. okay because so there's a real disconnect going on and there's a lot of anger in America because people are looking for a friend they're looking for something to associate with something to identify with someone Mm -hmm. to see their viewpoint why because there's no one around that they can relate to like when we grew up if you grew up you know we played together in the sand shooting marbles that was my best friend many of our friends we went to school with are dead now for various well, reasons, uh, they could have come from many different perspectives—drugs or violence. Or, yeah, it was just a lot of circumstances have happened, and they don't change because we hold a view. Don't it is what it is.
0: Well, and I, I, again, I uh, and, and again we're getting long in the tooth uh, on this subject, but uh, no, I'm uh, just talking about just the social disconnect. Well, well and, yeah. and, and and I say that because uh, what I hear what you saying. And I know down the street that was the occurrence. Mm-hmm. In my house, I want the occurrence. Mm-hmm. We were glad to get rid of each other.
1: Oh yeah, I understand.
0: So That's with a brother
1: yesterday like that, It's so, funny. He was so. His dad so I so left I, the house.
0: so it, it's it's a thing that it, it 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 just is what it is in those yeah. regards. Yeah. And uh, I I I just look at everybody's life as it pertains, and and this is what I have understood. Yeah. A uh, great mentor sat down. And he told me, "He said, Eric, look at people on their level, not on yours. You have to meet people where they are." And when I look at people on their level, that's why I've I, I said in this forty-five minute talk that we've had that uh, even in 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 my own wife's case, which uh, I, I sometimes tell her, I said, "Give yourself a pass," and she says. I don't think I should and I said a you, you, we can we can sit here and we can debate over that was 30 years ago this is some of us just learned yesterday there was a problem
1: and that's that's what I talked about I'm talking about dynamics family composition people had different value systems people have different value right. systems now right and so therefore I, I tell all of the leaders and civil rights actors and folk in the know I can go all over this country. I can go to New York and I can deal with the Dominican gang. I can be in Philly. I can be in New York. I can be in the street nine o'clock at night. I can relate to the brother because one thing that Elijah said to me is an educated man can deal with people at all levels, not right. just where they are, right. but the ability to be able to go there and talk to people, and not only just where they are, but understand their different dynamics. You remember something I said to you that a lot of the folk look for a movement. And so in this country, they call themselves activists and what have you, I they call mo- them
0: cosplay. Right, activists.
1: right. And they look for a movement. I said, listen,
0: after six o'clock, you don't see these people. No, where are they? They're at home. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a thing last night. And I looked at my watch and I went, it's yeah. time me to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and And I don't know if that's a problem. No, it's all right. It's just that it's just that When you
1: speak on something publicly, it's like I said to a friend of mine, educator the other day, I said, let's go back to the Clinton administration. It's a method. I'm going for a minute. And I said, well, it was it was all right if he if his wife says, listen, our situation is our situation. I said, that's right. My point is, but when you do something in the public and you bring the public into it, now they got a right to weigh in. Right, and they got a right to, you know, so, weigh so, in their opinion on whatever so, it is.
0: So, 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 not you mean, include them. Sometimes I gotta reel you in because you yeah. go all over the world, and and and. Some I was of, just saying people uh, are gonna have a different viewpoint. Some of us are dumb. Okay. And and, and the reason why I say that is <laughs> when when you go all over the world, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know where we are. No, I, so, I've had people say I don't care. Well, well, I don't talk to them people, but <laughs> but what I'm saying is, in this regard, is. We we I want to make sure that at the end of the conversation yeah. that we knew yeah where we were yeah now we could do fifteen different conversations certainly and and but uh, I don't want to uh, I I had to understand this I I do sermons and things every Sunday mm-hmm. and I had to understand that when not necessarily what I'm saying but what right. the people are hearing right 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 and if they if if I'm uh, Talk about China in five minutes and Japan in the next five minutes and Ethiopia. Then my mama would call me right after the sermon. Mm-hmm. say, I, you did a lot of yelling on mm-hmm. a damn thing you said."
1: Well, and because you didn't have a structure. You know, do you know why Jesus spoke in parables?
0: Well, I know why he did it. But, but no, no,
1: I'm, I'm asking you a question. Now. Yeah, yeah,
0: I know exactly why he did so it.
1: So why did he use the parable metaphor in speaking? Because you don't give nothing free to people who don't want to work for it. So those that were set aside, and that means he hid the truth in plain sight. Uh. Okay, so therefore, there were people who were were there, but they were not there because they didn't really care. They had another motivation. But he said, some of you now I'm going to tell you the secrets. And it was in plain sight. You don't own it until you work for it and then you pursue it. Then you own it. And so that's why some people don't care because people haven't put to them in such a way the parable or the information in plain sight and so they're where they are
0: well and 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 i'm of the persuasion i have moved a lot of people in Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. because i did not take that philosophy and i'm gonna tell you why because i realized that if uh like my grandmother when we first got together Uh, you wanted me to do projects that I could not do because my grandmother and my family would have turned on me. Mm -hmm. And I understood that. So, but over time, they flipped. Mm -hmm. So what I did, and and most folks got angry at me, told me I was soft and everything else, I really don't give a damn. But I understood that when you're dealing with people who do not know, Yes. Or afraid. No, they just didn't know. Some don't, but some are afraid. Well, I don't deal know. with them people. Yeah. The people I know yeah. didn't know. Yeah. And the reason why I said that I, I refused to take the position that my grandmother was because my grandmother mm-hmm. had an event with you at her house. Mm-hmm. And they told her not to do it. My grandma ain't scared of <laughs> a damn thing. Mm-hmm. But when she doesn't know. Yes. She's not going to move yes. because she doesn't know. Yes my mother showed up to that event yes my family ain't scared of of nothing but they don't know right and so it's 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 not until somebody explains it to them that they trust yes and they
1: believe in yeah that they're going to move and you know it's so interesting you said that because i remember uh one of my first appearances i was lecturing the thoroughgood marshall pre-law club at norfolk state university I think I shared this with you, and these young people at Norfolk State was from all over the country. They were attending the university, and um, and they came up in their Lexuses and their two phones and their Gucci bags, and you know all their their their, their wares and material uh, wherewithal. And I looked at them, and I said to them, I said, poverty and crime is connected, and you're poor. And one of the students says, but I'm not poor. I drive this and I have this. And I said, where do you work? He says, I'm not working. I'm going to school. I said, exactly. I said, your parents mortgage their house for you to run around and shine thinking you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, podiatrist or whatever for the next couple of years. Your expenses are being paid. Your rent, mm-hmm. your cell phones being paid. You don't work anywhere in a pie shop. And America is a capitalist government. So you're basing it on something that's, that you hope to be. But they've sacrificed because you don't have an income. You're poor. Right. And several came to me after the, after the lecture and said, you really broke through. I didn't look at it that way. And I'm going to do better. And many of them start out in the community, start mentoring, being a part of organizations, doing some other things. But my point was to them, you look nice, but you're like the fig tree. You're shining, but there's no fruit there. And so what did Jesus do to the fig tree when he saw the fall and he got close up on it? It says he cursed it to its root. And, And so my point is, today... Yes, there are people don't know, yes, but there are people who are afraid because they were never a part of the movement. they were never included in the movement, and even if they were invited, they weren't coming, and they weren't going to do it
0: well and and, and, and I tell you, Because they don't saw
1: th- people getting in trouble. I don't talk to those people, but they saw people getting in trouble. you know is when you it's like politically today when you see something needs to be changed, I say to people, that's just not your call right you know uh, the reason I don't hold why it I, the reason
0: them. why I tell you I don't talk to those people. Mm-hmm is because I understood, and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. cutting this to a point. Uh, I understood one thing when I deal with like people like my grandmother. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, like somebody could say she's scared. Okay. Now, here's the thing that I understood about her. Mm-hmm. She'll get them walk out on you. Well, they were very diplomatic. I remember well, Grandmama
1: well, many years ago. They were people who were very diplomatic um, because you saw them as Grandmama. We saw them in the public and what they did and they work and how they interacted. They were very diplomatic. Sometimes they didn't even argue with people. People would say stuff and they were like, "Yeah,
0: and well,
1: keep going." <laughs> well, well, and that's what I'm saying. So yeah.
0: the moral of the story is yeah. that I'm trying to that I've been trying to preach about social disconnect. Yeah. And this is my see, and he won't talk business, and that's my uncle. Yeah, and and I got he gonna call him back fifteen times. <laughs> yeah, because and that's that's the main one. Yeah, he'll get him walk out on you. Yeah, but if you sit down, first of all, don't tell him he's poor, because mm-hmm. he gonna walk out on you. Mm-hmm. Don't tell him that he's less than he gonna walk out on you. Mm-hmm. But I found out he knew more about the struggle than he ever told me but he would not sit down and subscribe to his negativity
1: my dad was the same way and and my dad never talked about anything he just worked two jobs and one day I went in the drawer and I saw these magazines in there and I wanted to know what was these newspapers and uh, we call it the final call now was Bullion news and other papers and you know, we know we was going to the Baptist Church, and, I, I, and he said, I, go, I said, I'll go and get some of his shaving cream. And I saw all these papers, and I'm like, my dad would shut the door to himself, and he was in there reading. Now, my dad only had third grade education, say he couldn't read and write, right? But he was sitting there to himself and read the paper. My dad was never a person outspoken in the civil rights movement, any of that. I'm a total different cut from him, much like my grandfather. And I said that to say this. Brother, I grew up in two projects we didn't know we were poor because we weren't.
0: Mm-hmm. My
1: parents were two working parents. Everybody right. around me was, was struggling. Right. I grew up privileged. Right. Now people had never heard anything like that. How do you grow up privileged in a in a project housing development? The kids I grew up with, Buck Stanton kids who owned Shonen's Big Boys and Robo Car Washers, they were multi-millionaires. When I left the, when I left the projects in the morning, my grandmother would take me with her where she was scrubbing their floors and breastfeeding these rich children on her breast, and they called her mama. Okay. We played out on the lake. We had the best of everything. If right. they had a ski, I had a ski jet. Man, cats in the project didn't even know those things existed, right. okay? So I had a different worldview and an experience even though growing up in the project. So when I say people are poor, I mean it literally, except for an inheritance, right? People are absolutely poor and poor means a lot of different things they could be poor in spirit they could be poor financially they could be just poor in general in terms of their overall look at life right because people are angry like i say when we go back to our grandparents and our uncles understand what they went through they had to look at white folk. they couldn't look at white folk they had to look down that's a man there why i got to look down i can't look at that man so now they're angry in their seasoned years because if they actually had to admit it this this generation wouldn't take nothing like that. There ain't no way in the world you ain't going to look at something. You're going to look at it. You're not going to look down and you're not going to look look away. That was their generation. They had to go around the back door. They had to park their new car. Now they worked every day and had to park their new car around the corner because if they parked it in front of their door, they got fired. okay Okay? so therefore they were more concerned about i got to take care of my family you know i got to protect my family so a lot of things they they wanted to be involved with they couldn't they couldn't okay because they it was too much to them risk right that's the honest truth okay and so at, at the day now it's nice I meet a lot of gentlemen and a lot of people in a lot of different circles and when we're talking it like man I'm so glad somebody's saying it out loud because for many years I couldn't even say it I mean they're hurting like okay. I say when you got to go through
0: the back door
1: and then you come home so how you, do you
0: heal them because because the rest uh, you just gotta say thank you you just got
1: to say thank you I don't want I don't want to be mean no, no, I, but right. I had to
0: learn it from my uncle right and I had to learn this from my way. Yeah, I had to learn this from my own way. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, I understand that. so the thing that the thing that and, 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 and I I'm, I'm not I, yeah. I'm not having this as a personal conversation. Right. I'm really trying to get to the close. Right. Because uh, if I ain't on time for City Hall, they're gonna they, I might get yeah. fired. Yeah. But uh, what I'm trying to bring to an understanding. Yeah. Even at City Hall is, and this is where I'm done. I ain't saying nothing else out of this, on this subject of social disconnection. What I learned from my grandmother and my aunt mm-hmm. is that everybody sees the world through their own eyes. They do. But somewhere in there yeah. is something we agree on. Oh, yeah. And so I've always been led to believe if I find what we agree on. Mm -hmm. I have Muslims and gays and blacks and Pentecostals and evangelicals and everybody else to come to my events because the thing that I found Mm -hmm. is what we agree on. It's what we have in common. Right.
1: And and once you find that, it's called what's necessary in life. It's like food and water. Right. You can't do without it.
0: And so when you constantly focus on that, Mm -hmm. for me, uh, you then which is a lesson that I learned from a conference that I went to where Macbeth was teaching. That's why I said to him, I met him at a Starbucks, and I said, I don't know if you did me a service or an injustice either.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of, lot of them did Starbucks in different places. Yeah.
0: So the moral of the story is, like, we, we, with him or Dr. Clark. The man hangs out at Kinko's. <laughs> well. Okay. The moral is, mm-hmm. e- even, in the, even in the conversation I had with him, Mm -hmm. the mayor of Norfolk yeah it was the same concept yeah so when you find they said find where you agree and hang out there well it's called middle ground right
1: but now but now that that that, that doesn't apply in the movement because in the movement it's not about what what you agree or disagree on You are working to break barriers and therefore people can be discouraging and people can be cruel and people can be hateful and people can be all manner of things. Like you say, told a congresswoman yesterday, why don't you just tone it down? Why don't you just shut up? There are people who believe that if you speak out on anything, that there's any dissension, no matter even if it's in your own self-interest or theirs, that you shouldn't do it.
0: Right. Well, I, I
1: disagree with that. I do too.
0: So, but, uh, but I also disagree, yeah, yeah. As, uh, as I told my friend last night. Yeah. She said, I'm fighting for women's rights. I said, I agree with that. You should. I'm okay. going home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and the, thing that, the thing that I encourage people, mm-hmm. and, and again, I'm shutting up. ain't saying nothing else. I'm going to turn this thing off so you can't talk. Because uh, I want to get to a point. With the people that I deal with, mm-hmm. people say, "Well, people say that I don't know people. I ain't never met them before. Mm-hmm. People, most people, I don't know them either. Mm-hmm. The folks that I deal with, what I try to encourage them is find whatever you're created to do." That's
1: what I call soaring. And stay element. in there. That's what I call your element. Right. But do do remind yourself, as you do know, there are people coming, your audience coming that you don't know and never had a conversation with. And the question becomes, why are they coming to the meat? Why are they coming to the situation? Right. Because they realize that they're hearing something that they understand and that they know is right. And, and, and in that sense, whether they agree with you or me or anything, anyone else, they do understand the importance of this content, this information.
0: Well, that's why I point them to you. To me? Or to you and anybody else. Okay. What, 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 what I tried to get, and I tried to get this through to, to my, my councilman. Yeah. Stop trying to make folks do stuff they don't want to do. Oh, no question. Educate the people. I, I, that's yes. why I sit down and have this conversation. Yeah. Because w- w- they say, well, Eric, I don't think you're hard enough. You don't lean in on people. I said, no, wow. I don't lean in on people. Wow. Because the reason why I don't lean in on people right. is because I told you what's out there. Yeah. And I left you to your own device. Right. Well, what you and your, you you and your element. Do.
1: You and your element. And when they, people say that, because you hear that a lot, don't lean in. And I say, it's easy to sideline a game be in the game right up close right
0: so so when I understood <laughs> yeah. where my game was right I right. went back and opened my, my preschool book and it said educator yeah and I do a damn good job of that
1: yeah yeah, I, I agree. I think and I ain't yeah, going I think, out
0: there shooting nobody because right. I don't want to see no blood. That's right. So, so I leave you here. Hey, you need some money for some bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, but but,
1: but I, and I've often said that in terms of what you do, it, it 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 is it is an ability to soar where you are and connect with people, and that is a gift. Yeah. You know, that but that's all gift. I do.
0: Yeah, that's a gift. And 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 outside of that, don't ask yeah. me to do nothing because right. I, that's not where I, I'm not gifted there. Right. And so when you start pushing people outside of their gift, you push them in the grounds and territories where you're going to get them in trouble. Yeah, they're going to get in trouble. Because they're not supposed to be there. Right, right.
1: And that's why I say in the movement coming up, some people went to school, went to college, did this. And I've had them say to me, man, I sure wish I was in the movement. Man, I sure wish I had been involved there. And I said, but you were where you were supposed to be. Right right you know you were where you were in your element and you soared there and that's what we got to encourage everyone who listens to us when you in your element you soar find your purpose find your place find your way and soar right there and
0: that's all i it took an hour and three minutes to get right to that one
1: (laughs) What else to close?
0: <laughs> you got to be a closer. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a closer. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy talking I enjoyed to you. I enjoy you too, brother. I, I really enjoy talking yeah. to you. And, and and you learn a lot. Yeah. But but the thing that, that and I hope you can appreciate I that I have learned, and yeah. I'm now pushing 40. Yeah. And in pushing 40, yeah. I have learned one thing that I didn't yeah. learn when yeah. you first met me. Yeah it's not a dirty word to say that ain't me.
1: I know that's right. (laughs) I know that's right. I respect what you do. Yeah. And you know what, that's why I'm hoping to digress in a minute when we get together, I really want us to talk about underutilized resources within the community where we are situated, like we talked about North side city Park, you know, and some other places like, you know, uh, that we have around the country where there's no activity there where we are and we've got to make a commitment to create activity in and around those local communities, bruh, that that can bring those communities and connect them into the
0: overall overall system. Well, that's definitely a good conversation that we should have. Yeah. Okay.